And that's how the theme song goes. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. If you didn't know, this is your first time. I don't know why you're listening to this. Why would you ever come here? This <laughs> this is the premiere podcast for cpluscomedy.com. It's a podcast. You listen to it, though, but the cpluscomedy.com is a website. <laughs> Every single time. One day I'm going to be able to get all of this right, and no one's going to be able to say anything against it. I'm just saying. I think I think I've been doing this long enough that it should probably be it should probably come as as a uh, a regular thing I, I'm able to do. But who knows? Anyway, uh, let's hop right into it. Let's get let's get into it. Let's get into the minutiae. Let's talk about the things that I want to talk about. Let's get into whatever I have down on this list. And the first thing is the Constitutionals. The first topic for the week of October 23rd is Blondie's Rapture. Okay. Now let me let me let me preface this by saying that I have I love that song I I I, I found it I found it I discovered it yeah I guess I'd say I discovered it when I was watching Wet Hot American Summer I created a playlist based on the songs that were in Wet Hot American Summer this is years ago years and years and years ago and so uh, just recently this year I fell way in love with Blondie's Rapture because they're listened to it all the way through there is a rap song in the middle of this 80s synth pop song. So I, 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 I love the, I love the part where it's, it's the second verse where, uh, the lead singer, uh, Blondie, the Blondie and the Blondie is, uh, she, she gets in there. Actually, I don't even know if her name is Blondie. Let's look it up <laughs> right into it. But anyway, she gets in, she starts rapping and she just goes off and it is not even good. Her name is Debbie Harry. Uh, and, uh, she gets in there she starts rapping. She's 72. Good Lord. I wonder if she still performs. Debbie Harry in 2006. Oh, good job. Wikipedia is showing me a picture, and she does look like she's 72. Anyway, she starts rapping. It's wonderful, and I'm going to go over the lyrics because they're the funniest lyrics in the world because it is it is quintessential 80s rap. It is what... It is what... <laughs> it's exactly what people of the time thought rap was and what it was going to be. All right, so this is 1980. Came off the album Auto American. Uh, thank you, Genius.com, for support uh, for giving me this information. Okay, so here here's here's a verse. She goes, "Fab Five Freddy told me everybody's fly." Automatically, you you hear this the first time you hear this, you go, "Whoa, is she rapping right now?" The DJ spinning. I said, "My mind." Flash is fast. Flash is cool. She's talking about Grandmaster Flash. Francois ce n'est pas Flash à deux. Uh, okay, I don't know. I guess that's French. No, it is French. It's not I guess I'm French. And you don't stop. Sure shot. Go out to the parking lot and you get in your car and drive real far. This is, so this is, at this point, this is 1980. They think rap and hip hop, well, hip, I guess it's just rap at this point. They think rap is just rhyming words at the end of, like, every, at the end of the line, there has to be a rhyme. So every, every verse to them is is something that has to end in a in a neat little tied up in a bow. Whereas in today's rap, we can rhyme anything. I was gonna pick out a, a sample, but I didn't. I was I was skip ahead. I want to skip ahead because there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of great stuff in here. Um, she says, and you drive all night and you see the light and it comes right down and it lands on the ground and it comes out the man from Mars. <laughs> okay, and out comes the man from Mars and you try to run, but he's got a gun. <laughs> And he shoots you dead and he eats your head. <laughs> oh my god. 
greatest lines in the world. I think every time this comes on, whether I'm in the gym or I'm writing or I'm just listening to music, I think it is the funniest set of lines in the world. And he and he shoots you dead and he eats your head. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, let's see. Keep going on. And you don't stop. You keep on eating cars. Then there's no more cars. You go out night and eat up bars. Where do people meet? <laughs> okay. If you don't laugh at that, you don't know what comedy is. <laughs> Where do people meet? <laughs> All right, I'm done with that. That was stupid. I really wanted to, but I really wanted to bring it up because I think Bloody's Rapture is one of the greatest songs in the world. If you can, let me tell you what else is on the playlist. It's Foreigner, uh, Jukebox Hero, and um, blah, 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 Jukebox Hero. Oh, um, Jane, Starship. It's from uh, Starship Jefferson, or Jefferson Starship. I think this is before they became Starship. Uh, just a bunch of great songs. Uh, Michael McDonald's on there, and uh, I'm alright. Oh, uh, Billy Joel's on there. Big Shot. Um, K Log's on there too. Anyway, I was gonna move on. Nobody can want to the next time. No one cares about that crap. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, so uh, this weekend I finally saw Spider-Man: Homecoming. I saw it. Didn't hate it. Compared to how much I disliked uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man: Homecoming was the greatest movie. It was Citizen Kane of the, of the superhero movies at this point. No, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. I was very, I was afraid that it was just going to be another retread of the first, the other, other two Spider-Man movies that started out their own series. Uh, actually, to be honest, I, I don't think the Amazing Spider-Man is that bad. It introduced me to uh, me wanting to fall in love with Emma Stone, and I did. Uh, but anyway. Spider-Man Homecoming, in the original Spider-Man trilogy, no, nothing could beat that. Uh, but Spider-Man Homecoming had this Tom Holland kid. He's all right. He's not. A, he's not. A, he's not as much as a, a turd as I think he is when he's doing interviews. No one should be that happy about being Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, but he he did a good job. I don't understand why there was so much publication about the casting of people. I don't care. I don't care that Donald Glover was in it. I don't care that Hannibal Burris. I don't care that Martin Starr was in it. It doesn't make sense for for those to be headlines on the rap and on the Hollywood Reporter and on Deadline. I'm gonna keep going and on Variety. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. I don't understand. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Even though and and Hannibal didn't really have a role. Donald Glover didn't really have a role. Um, and it was Martin Starr who really stood out and even then he was just kind of bland and forgettable i mean i guess i am talking about him right now but whatever uh, <laughs> at the end of that movie also <laughs> peter he, he was trying to date this girl it did not happen and i'm just, i'm gonna root for you if you haven't seen it by now you're not gonna see it you're not really gonna care about the ending but if you've listened to my spoiler episode that's how it goes so, so Michael Keaton turns out to be he turns out to be he's the he's the bad guy also turns out to be this girl's dad that Peter's trying to date. He's trying to date the girl uh, who's who is 27 years old in real life. But she's playing a teenager and Tom Holland's 21. He's playing a teenager. It's very strange years that they chose on this. Anyway, uh, not not that I looked it up. And so he at the end of the movie, he sends Michael Keaton to, to jail. I assume Iron Heights and the the, the girl. <laughs> But three times during this movie, he's ditched this girl. <laughs> and she says, Peter, whatever you got going on, you need to figure that out. <laughs> I'm thinking, why? This guy is, he does not know how to juggle being Spider Man. But it's the first, it's actually the first time that I, I believe that I can, that I actually believe that in all of, in all of Spider Man's history, 
and all of the the comics that I've read, which is not a lot of Spider-Man. I don't read a lot of Spider-Man comics, and all of the video games, and all of the previous movies, and all of the in all of the TV shows, with the exception of Spectacular Spider-Man. This and Spectacular Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Spectacular Spider-Man, are the only time that I believe that this kid is a teenager. And now, of course, obviously, the first trilogy, he's an adult. So, I mean, I'm really not going to knock that against them. And then, same thing as uh, 90s Spider-Man TV show. And I guess, I don't know what Amazing Spider-Man, was he in high school? I don't remember that. I really don't remember those movies. All I remember is Emma Stone's hand uh, reaching up when she's falling during that clock tower sequence. And then Andrew Garfield is shooting down a a web and it looks like a hand. Oh, God, that was heartbreaking. Oh, I... I, this is only time during the movie. Well, it's second time. The the first time, the, this is the first time during the movie where I screamed down and went, oh, no. The second time was during Suicide Squad when the flash popped up. I was very interested. I still am. I think that movie is fantastic. I think it's a wonder. It has an Oscar. It's got more Oscars than any other Marvel movie out there. So, Spider Man Homecoming really had a lot of, it had a lot. It was interesting. It was funny. Uh, I don't need. I, the, there was too many people right on that movie. There were six six names I think I counted in the credit sequence. That's too many people to write a movie. And what I think was <laughs> my theory is they wrote a bunch of jokes and then they wrote a bu- they wrote a story around it. Uh, it was a pretty it's a pretty bland story. The a lot of things happened. A lot of things that were boring happened. They had a shocker in there. Oh my god, it was wonderful seeing the shocker on the big screen. It's just like when you watch Amazing Spider-Man Two and you see Paul Giamatti as the Rhino. We got Bukim Wallace as a shocker. Paul Giamatti as the Rhino. You got you have these small-time villains becoming these becoming these big movie stars. One thing that was weird, <laughs> Vulture. Vulture was really. I did not. I did not think that they're going to be able to make the Vulture a menacing villain. And I'll be dipped if they did. Oh my gosh, it's a he was so wonderful, Michael Keaton. He played a, a imagine Birdman, but he was evil. I say Birdman because I just bought that movie again. I think that movie's a fantastic movie. So they everybody did a great job. I don't I don't understand Zendaya's role in it. Zendaya don't understand her role in it. That really she really didn't need to be in it. The Ned guy he was funny. It'd be great if they turned him into his own superhero. That'd be so cool. Uh, I also am not a fan of web shooter Spider-Man. I think that's the ultimate Spider-Man. Don't quote me on that. I definitely don't know. I, I, th- but I think he's the ultimate Spider-Man. I like, I like organic Spider-Man where his web comes out of his hand. I don't like it when he loses his shooters. I think that's just, that's just an inorganic way to, to, to propel a story forward and uh, propel a fight. Sorry, propel a fight forward and make sure that he does. He, he's losing in the fight somehow. So. And there were plenty of times where he lost his, his web shooters. And I'm sure there's plenty of times in the other ones. Oh, but this one, he was, uh, I don't, and I don't, I don't know if he was smart. In the other ones, he was a genius. He They made him say genius things. But in this one, he was just a, 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 a nerdy kid. And he went to a magnet school. So he was, you know, he fit in. He needs to, he needs to not be, he needs to not fit in. He needs to get bullied. And that's how Spider-Man is born. <laughs> That's because I, I was just watching the other Spider-Man. That's how Spider-Man was born. The other one, the first one that came, it came on the television. So anyway, I liked it. It was great. Moving on. I also saw Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant was wonderful. It told a story that pretty much telegraphed itself right from the middle when they 
So here it is. It takes place 10 years after Prometheus. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. It takes, 10 years, it takes place 10 years after Prometheus. There, this a crew of 15 people are on this ship, and they're trying to find... It's like Mass Effect Andromeda. And they're trying to find... They have 2,000 colonists with them, and they're all in hypersleep. The, the crew wakes up a little bit early. They're all trying to find this new planet. New planet turns out to be seven years away. This then they get a they get a uh, a ring a little telephone a, a little a test message a test message a test message if you will notification from this other uh, planet that says hey man I'm here and then disappears and they say let's check out that planet but not everybody's on board with it and also a bunch of people died so <laughs> a bunch of people died before the movie started so it was very strange so they go to this planet they why I what I would do is I would wait the seven years why would you if a new the, the planet didn't pop up on their scans before. They just got a ping. Turns out it's David from the first movie, Michael Fassbender. He's also doing double, pulling double duty as a guy named Walter, as a robot named Walter. A synthetic, I think that's what they call him. And it's it's David. He sent out Elizabeth Shaw's ping, Numi Rapace. Turns out he killed her. David killed her. Used her as a science experiment to birth aliens. <laughs> And it worked. And so now he's killing all these people, but no one knows. Oh my God. It was so, it was so great. And then at one point, I think, what was I doing? I don't know. At one point, it was, it was late at nine on Saturday. I think it was like midnight and, oh, I was looking for other movies to watch after that. (laughs) Oh my God. I didn't pay attention. Uh, Yeah. It was like 11 o'clock or midnight and I was looking for another movie to watch after that on, I think I was thinking I was scrolling through Netflix or something. And then, and then I, you, anyway, so anyway, in the movie, David and Walter have a fight and one of them escapes. Obviously, if you're, if you're a human being and you know how movies work, you know, it's David, but, but he's in Walter's clothes and, and he comes, he comes up and to, to the, to the new captain is a lady and he goes, and she goes, what happened to David? And he goes, he expired. At that point, you, you think, yeah, that's definitely Walter. I mean, that's definitely David, because Walter would not say that. So they go through this. So there's, there's another, at the end of the climax, where they escape this alien and the alien planet, there's another 20-some-odd minutes. The, the movie is so long, but it's only 115 minutes. And so it feels so long. That's how terrible the plotting is and the scripting is. And so they get they get there. And, and, and David turns out he, everybody's going back into hypersleep. And David turns and she goes, she goes, tell me about the log cabin. You're going to help me build when we get to that planet. And then David kind of looks at her. And she goes, David. No. Oh my God. Uh, what a, it's a wonderful movie. It's just, it's such a, what I love. Alien, I love the alien series. I know there's a lot of bad stuff that happens into it in it, especially with the, the alien versus predator stuff. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's all a part of the universe. I really don't care anymore. So, but I, it, it's uh but essentially what that script was for alien covenant is if you watch Prometheus and you thought there's a lot of exposition, but nothing happened. And, and there's a lot of explanation for the exposition. Then alien covenant was, this is what I wrote in my notes. It's, it's a key for the test that was Prometheus. So Prometheus was, we're going to, we're going to introduce all this stuff, but you better, you better hold on to the information for three and a half years when we release this next movie (laughs) and they did it. And so they basically, they answered all the questions in the first movie. I think they answered a lot of questions. They said, 
uh, what happened to these people uh, the the alien not the well yeah the aliens but the people on the planet the the alien uh, gods what happened to what happened to Elizabeth Shaw uh, how did David get there who uh, pings and stuff like that it's 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 just so why the aliens exist because because at some point when Walter and David are talking to each other it's I think I think a 15 minute scene where there where David is just wrapping up loose ends <laughs> and he's, he's saying things like and this is how this happened and this is why they're here and this is what these aliens are and it's so strange I thought it was the one of the weirdest things I want to see who, who wrote this movie um because I think it was just I don't know anyway and also a bunch of the people survived like Danny McBride was in the movie and he survived I was I was hoping he wouldn't die and, but James Franco was in this movie it was very he he popped up at the beginning and I, and I thought whoa James Franco but he died very very soon there's also a guy that looks just like Chris Hemsworth who I kept calling Chris Hemsworth uh, of course I was alone so it made no sense but let's see how many people wrote this movie uh, it's so story screenplay by John Logan and Dante Harper John Logan also wrote the screenplay for Gladiator wrote the wrote Aviator he wrote the screenplay for Sinbad Legends of the Seven Seas the cartoon movie with Brad Pitt that I'm in the middle of right now on HBO he wrote Hugo good for him and he created Penny Dreadful wow look at him he's got a inspector he did Spectre the James Bond film which I think is a wonderful film. Anyway, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> Alien Covenant. There you go. Okay, and also, here's the here's the final. Jesus, oh my God, I'm 18 minutes in. <laughs> How long did I talk about Spider-Man for? Or Blondie's Rapture? <laughs> okay, here's, here's the last, here's the main thing I want to talk about. <laughs> I'm not really good at time management if you don't, haven't noticed that over the past 27 episodes. Okay, so, there, all right. So there's a lot of talk now especially the news especially entertainment news now of equal uh not equality but women representation and tv shows and i've done a lot of stories on this on news time i've done and i've done one recently where i talked about my some of my favorite women in tv shows that are not just starring in them but writing in them and creating them and producing them like tracy wigfield mindy kaling so <laughs> those are people i have in my list right now <laughs> anyway so uh, you, when we want something, we want more people to do, to be represented in something. Like how the Academy has, they, oh my God, I can't even, I don't remember the numbers because, uh, you know what? I'm looking them up on news time. But the Academy, how they they brought in, what is it? Like they, they up their quotient for the women. <laughs> I'm not helping myself. I am not helping myself at all. They, their numbers for women and uh, people of color and minorities in the academy were supposed to be reached. They're going to reach, I guess, like over a hundred percent or something like that in a few years, and they doubled that in two years, something like that. So let's see, academy. So the academy adds some color to its palette. All right, if you go watch the episode of News Time called "The Academy Adds Some Color to Its Palette," that is not a good shirt. July tenth then you will see that the Academy <laughs> added, I'm not good at fluffing, fluffing. Okay. The, uh, the Academy's July 3rd is the script date. 
the academy had its diversity go away as scheduled by like three years. Okay, so so here's so basically here's the gist of it. All right, so they invited 774 new people. 39% were uh, female, while 30 30% were people of color. So that means uh, they 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 effectively beat their output and then some within a three-year time frame and then before that last year they had 683 new members but the of course these are invitees and 46 percent women 41 percent were people of color and now when you want to have when you want to when you want to talk about this stuff and you want to you want to say oh there's there's not any women uh, or people of color writing for late night or in comedy or uh, doing tv shows or writing movies or in movies or starring movies then you have to you can't just say you can say that but then you you also have to follow it up with celebrating the people that are currently there at this point in time you can't say there are no black comedians and then not turn around and uh, disgrace Richard Pryor, Wanda Sykes, Monique uh, Mike Epps, Charlie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, and, and any number. I can go on. Earthquake, um, uh, D. Ray Davis, uh, Keenan Thompson. You, you can't, you can't, you can't say those things. Leslie Jones and Shashir Zaman. I can keep going. I can keep going for a very long time. And uh, so, so when you say when you say that there's I keep hitting Mike, when you say that there's no one in this area. Then you, but you, you don't celebrate the people that are currently in this area. Then you're just kind of discrediting who's already there. So when you say there's no women in charge of TV shows, there's no women writing TV shows, there's no women acting or leading in TV shows, then also followed up with something like Mindy Kaling and her four shows. It was just announced this past week that she has her fourth show in development, and she's producing it alongside. There's there's one on. NBC that she's going to be starring in after the Mindy project ends. There's another that she's going to be producing. Let's see. Is Mindy Kaling pregnant? Oh my God. Mindy Kaling's pregnant. Who's her? Whoa. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm not paying attention. Okay. So, uh, so let's go to her producer credits. So she has another show called, so champions is a show where she's, she's, uh, falling in love with somebody at a gym. She's falling in love with two, two gym brothers. And then she's also producing two other shows that are supposedly going to premiere sometime next year, if they get picked up. So when you have Mindy Kaling is definitely doing that. Lena Dunham, she's helping women out. You got Tracy Wigfield. She's got great news. She's a contemporary of Tina Fey. And then you got, of course you got Tina and Amy. They're doing those things. Uh, and then you have women leading shows. You have Tracy Ellis Ross. You have uh, Ellie Kemper. You've got, let's see, let's keep, keep going. Um, I was on such a good role, and then I screwed up. Oh, you got the the iZombie, the girl who plays iZombie. I can't think of it right now. And then you got, you got, I'm watching Supergirl right now. You've got Melissa Benoit. So you can't, you can't go, you can't say, there are no, and then you got Rachel Bloom. You got, um, uh, what's her name? Jane Diversion. She was dating Ben Schwartz for a while. Anyway, so you got, you got all these people with the, with all these women with their own shows and in charge of TV shows. And you, you're saying, you're saying that there's no one there. You have to celebrate the people who are there right now. You can't just, you can't just ask for candy when you have a pile of, a bag of candy with you already and say, Oh, I don't have any candy. So please give me some candy. It, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> just look at the candy you have, eat it, enjoy it, 
but then also ask for some more candy and say that candy was good, but I want some more candy. I want some equally tasty or even some better candy. So it, it, it makes sense. It makes sense all in the long run. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of great women in charge. That's going to name some shows. Jane the Virgin, uh, the Mindy Project, even though it's a, it's a little wishy-washy, Mindy Project, even Supergirl is good. Uh, another CW show, Rachel's uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. You got The Mick with Caitlin Olsen, and she's also on, uh, what's it called, Always Sunny. You got Brooklyn Nine-Nine's got a good, diverse cast. I don't, it's not a woman-led show. You've got Great News is great. The Good Place. There's so many shows. New Girl, even even with its wishy-washy nature. There's so many. Broad City. Come on. You can't say there's nobody. You got to celebrate what we have now. All right. Ava DuVernay. We got her leading the charge for, for women. You got uh, Patty Jenkins leading the charge for women. Let's get some more in there. Celebrate Patty. Celebrate everything that she's done. And Ava, celebrate all the documentaries she's made. Oprah, celebrate her. She's great. All right, let's move on to the favorite comedians of all time. This week is Jay and Mark Duplass, the Duplass brothers. Okay, so this is going to be an odd choice, but I did just listen to Mark Duplass on, uh, what's his name? Pete Holmes's podcast. I mean, Pete Holmes is definitely going to be his own, is going to be his own episode one day. But I really admire Mark du- I learned a lot about Mark Duplass on that podcast. He's uh, brothers with Jay, of course. Jay is the older one, which I did not know. And Mark Duplass is married to Katie Azelton. She's also a great actress. Right now, she's in the FX series Legion. <laughs> okay, almost forgot the title. But <laughs> Mark Duplass and Jay Duplass are basically if you were to do your own thing in Hollywood for a very long time and then get noticed and have a boon, basically in starting in 2010, just a boon of great movies and shows that are weird and stuff that is just that shouldn't have been made you know it wouldn't have been made 15 years ago and it's made now and it's great uh so mark duplass he did uh cyrus he did jeff who lives at home he did safety not guaranteed creep the one i love the skeleton twins togetherness the tv show with his brother the lazarus effect animal he did produce animals uh, table 19 room 104 right now it's just so many great things and they're all so weird and wonderful and and just strange and he has an eye for producing things that are like like animals animals is definitely one of the funnier shows to come out of hbo in the past and in, in a very long time uh, but they do have a lot of funny shows on hbo but animals is just this unique thing where it's it's horribly animated and it's about animals and they're great and they're, I just love it so much and then you got J.D. Plus who's basically focusing more on the acting side of it so he's a part of all this other stuff but he all, he also helps produce I guess they have I, I don't know what their production company is called I think it's called like Duplass Productions <laughs> nope <laughs> it's I don't know it's <laughs> Duplass Productions <laughs> that'd be a terrible one uh, I don't know what it's called Anyway, that's not important. So, uh, <laughs> Duplass Productions. It's such a stupid title. I don't know why it's why it's made me laugh. I'm loopy and I'm tired. So, uh, he's acting on to Transparent. He was he was acting on Togetherness. He what did he act? What else did he act on? He acted on The Many Project. He's one of the. He, they both play brothers on that show. On that yeah, on that show that 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 work upstairs from The Mindy Project. <laughs> 
<laughs> they work upstairs from the movies, right? He was he was in a Paper Towns movie. Oh my god, he was. I did I did just watch that movie. Anyway, they're both great, and I love them so much, and uh, they're wonderful, and they're great, and and I want to thank my family, and I want to thank my friends, <laughs> and they're I I know and they're, anyway they're they're fantastic. The Duplass brothers are great. So guess what? That's the end. <laughs> That's the end of the podcast. Uh, if you didn't, if you like this show, I don't know why you would, because it wasn't good. But you can always head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where we got the latest news, reviews, features, interviews, and other good comedy bits only I can provide you with. You can follow us on Twitter, at cpluscomedy. Follow me on Twitter, at jabblackwhite. Like us on Facebook. Go to the YouTube page, youtube.com, slash cpluscomedy, where you can watch our premiere show that's a video called News Time. This week, I'm prepared. This, this week's episode, I'm not even looking at the sheet, is about Hulu and how it's trying to pick up its comedy game. I want to say this real quick. Uh, I just got a couple of emails that said Amazon lost its head of comedy and uh, head of comedy content, I guess that's what it's called. I don't know what his title is. Let's see. I, I, I just wanted to mention this because because <laughs> I, I did just bring up Hulu. His head of comedy drama at, at Amazon Studios, his name is Joe Lewis. He, he left or quit no he left because there's some some politics might be involved there but he left and <laughs> and so there so amazon's really having trouble i just did an episode of news time that was about amazon and uh they're 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 trying to to make less niche shows and more broad shows like netflix uh, hitting the quantity over the quality stuff like netflix so that's what i guess that's kind of what what uh, Hulu's doing? They're they're getting more into high concept TV shows, and I've done an episode of News Time on con- high concept. Just type in News Time high concept on Google or YouTube or whatever, and you'll find it. And I explain what high concept is, but high concept is essentially explaining the show in one sentence, and that's how it goes. So, like Jurassic Park, uh, a bunch of people go to <laughs> an island and where dinosaurs still exist. The end. <laughs> So that's what high concept is, and that's what Hulu's trying to do. They're trying to get more high concept shows. So that's and so they get they get high concept shows that like I, I don't know I don't know what I'm gonna say I don't know what high concept shows they're trying to aim for. But anyway, watch the episode is great. Okay, <laughs> uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube's all that stuff. Okay, thanks thanks for listening to this. I don't know. <laughs> this is so dumb. Bye.